0: Welcome back to The Moral Minority. I'm Joel Sam, and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Luckett. And today, we're going to take a little break uh, from our current series, and we're going to talk about something really important. Um, As you probably know, unless you've been living under a rock, Kobe Bryant died um, very recently. And we here just want to commemorate his life and kind of discuss, you know, what did Kobe mean to us personally? What was his legacy? How can we honor him? How can we remember him well? He was kind of taken too soon, uh, for sure. And so we want to remember that and think about that and let that impact how we live. Um, so Josh, kind of takes away and, and introduce our guest. Yeah. So we're going to talk
1: about uh, the great Kobe Bryant, and we're going to do it with a guy who has Kobe tatted on his wrist, ladies and gentlemen, my man, uh, he's a frequent on the show this is the second time he joined us for the Botham Jean episode his name's Kennedy Curley uh, I uh, lead a ministry called Youth Impact as you know and he was one of our volunteer leaders in the ministry and uh, yep his name's Kennedy Curley Kennedy uh, tell the audience maybe a little about yourself anything maybe you forgot to say when you were on the other episode
2: okay yeah no so I joined in the other episode I uh, helped you know Dive through the Amber Geiger trial and dissect that a little bit. But this is something that, you know, I've grown up a huge basketball fan, a huge Kobe Bryant fan. And uh, you know, basketball is something that I find i find myself very passionate about. Uh Kobe's someone who's influential to me. And so I'm I'm really happy to be on the podcast again, uh, just to be able to talk with y'all. This is something that me and Josh actually talk about quite a bit. I'll text him randomly about random sports stuff, LeBron, Kobe. I kind of troll him a lot with, uh, you know, telling him who's greater than LeBron and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, you know, this is something that I really, really enjoy talking about. Uh, so hopefully, this time around, you'll maybe even get a little bit more personality from me, maybe a little more sass uh, than in a a time where uh, you know. I mean, both of these are tragic, you know, stories, obviously, but we do want to commemorate Kobe and have a little bit fun talking about some memories with him. So I'm glad to be back. Ultimately, so thank you.
1: Yeah, and and that 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 really is going to be kind of where we want to go with the show is uh i've uh, you know I wanted to wait till kind of the dust settled a little bit um when it first happened. um uh, we've waited you know a, a, about a week um maybe even would have waited longer if uh if, if I felt like we had the had the time before we could jump back into the other series, but really wanted to take this episode, of course, we're going to talk about the tragedy of the death. The kind of hard week that it's been trying to process it as a Lakers fan and um, as in particular someone who really, really looked up to Kobe, not just as a basketball player, but as a person and was just really amazed by the magic that he performed, not only as a basketball player, but as a person. Um, And so we we really want this episode before we even get to the tragedy and how we've been able to process it to really just be about the legacy and what we experienced and the magic that we got to experience. And so uh, so Kennedy, like I, I, I grew up, uh, as I've said, a huge Lakers fan. Um, I started loving uh, the Lakers. I saw, so what happened was I saw a Sprite commercial and uh, Kobe was on it. Did, I didn't even watch basketball at this point. I was like fourth or fifth grade, watched a Sprite commercial. Kobe was on it. I was like, that dude's cool. <laughs> so I started watching the Lakers. And yeah. uh, and when I say him and Co- him and Shaq were magic. It was literally it was magic watching them play together. And I actually jumped on right after the three-peat. So the first year I started watching, we got blown out by the Spurs in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And then went back to the finals only to get beat by the Pistons. Um, but as someone who wasn't a Lakers fan, Kennedy, like how what was the? Were you? Were, did you get to experience a little bit of the Shaq Kobe era? Or and even what was? Uh, what? What? What was Kobe to you as a Dallas uh, Mavericks fan?
2: So, it's funny that you ask about my history with him. At first, I actually hated Kobe. Uh, <laughs> wow! Anyone, I could actually speak for a lot
0: of <laughs> non Lakers fans. I
2: feel like any any non Lakers fan, or at least in Dallas for for in particular. Uh-huh didn't like Kobe. And the reason why was because the Mavs were always at the top or close to the top, but you always had to deal with either the Lakers or the Spurs, mostly the Spurs, but the Lakers were always that team that we were worried about. Oh man, you know, they're, they're the team that we have to beat. They're the team we have to overcome. And so, you know, with Kobe being the face of that organization, we didn't like him. There was also kind of a stigma about him that he was arrogant. Mm. I can't really remember too much about whether, I think over time we've kind of gotten away from that and think, okay, you know what? That's just the modern mentality. It wasn't arrogance, but Mm -hmm. at the time, did I watch Shaq? Unfortunately, I was a little young for that. Um, we didn't have cable for me growing up, so I was able to watch bits and pieces of it, but I definitely followed that. I followed their numbers. I followed, you know, the championships. I, um, loved watching actually the Pistons, you know, so that was kind of, Kind of fun for me to see uh, not gonna lie but i uh, <laughs> but it's heartbreaking but kind for me. Of, that's yeah. when i i think for me it was actually not the sprite commercials those were amazing though i loved the sprite commercials and mm-hmm. and the rims and everything that they had um it was actually the the video of him jumping over the snakes
1: yeah. even though
2: hey did i you, did you get a chance to I, see? i thought that, it was didn't? real no, as a kid i didn't and i was like I, oh my I'm gosh guessing. why have i been hating this man he just jumped over a, a whole pool of snakes. So <laughs> I not, me, I it, missed was, that. it wasn't his I basketball. Look that up. I mean, it was partially his basketball, but it was also the, oh my gosh, this guy is too talented for me to to not like, you know? And and so that was probably around middle school, junior high for me. But early on, I'll tell you, Josh, in complete honesty, I was not a Kobe Bryant fan. I was a Dirk fan all the way. Mm-hmm. Still am a Dirk fan all the way. Yeah. But Kobe, it's definitely been a a ride for me. He's, you know, as you said, I have him tatted on my wrist and I had it, you know, back in August. So this is not a, it's kind of a new thing, but it's not like a since he died type of thing. Like I've been a fan of this for a good while.
0: Yeah. um, Kennedy, tell us the story about the tattoo. What's kind of the motivation behind that?
2: You know, so Kobe, I I have for, it's not like a snake or anything. It's just the words Kobe with a, with an ex with an exclamation point. And so The funny thing for me, I always wanted a tattoo. I always saw these athletes with tattoos and and thought, man, you know, I want to go to the NBA. I want to, you know, be like these guys. And so I thought their tattoos were cool. So I thought, you know, I kind of want to get some tattoos, maybe not, you know, all over my arms or anything like that, but, but I'd like to get at least a few. And so as I got older, I'm thinking, I don't really know what I want, but I kind of want to get something. And it was probably freshman, sophomore year of college that I thought to myself, I really have no idea, but, but oh my gosh, this would be so funny. What if I got Kobe on my wrist so that I wouldn't have to call out <laughs> his name whenever I shoot no yep. or anything like that? That's and uh, I I brought that up to some friends and they were like, oh dude, you won't. Or, oh, you know, that's such a funny idea. You know, everyone, every single time I brought it up, I laughed at, you know, people laughed at it and thought it was funny. And, and my my idea was, you know, tattoos don't necessarily need to be deep. They just need to be, you know, symbolic of right. you know some sort of emotional Representation. So for me, it's I love basketball. I love humor, and I love Kobe Bryant. I think that my tattoo was, you know, it's obviously basketball related. It's obviously, in my opinion, funny, and it, it's Kobe. So it has to do with Kobe Bryant. And mm. uh, and so for me, it was just I just kind of went for it. Three years later, I actually got it for free because my roommate said he'll pay for it if I get it. Yeah, and I'm broke, so I was like, okay, I'll take that. And that's kind of where I'm at. I have the tattoo of Kobe. Uh, you know, partially because it's funny, but also partially because I just love Kobe Bryant.
0: You know, I remember growing up and I'm not a huge basketball fan by any means. <laughs> However, I do know that every time I throw something in a basket, I'm mm. yelling Kobe. And yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know how that started. I don't know why every kid in our generation knew to do that. And and I know mm-hmm. it's partially Kobe's a good shooter, but was there a specific... Uh, backstory behind how that got so popular i
1: don't think i think i think it it literally just became like its own uh colloquial thing like movement like i think um i think for us growing up kobe was our jordan right you know like like um by the time i jumped on basketball um jordan was just a shoe quite frankly um he was still um You know, people still regard had really high regard for him, but but he was a shoe. And uh, for 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 us getting to like experience the magic, like Kobe wasn't just a was wasn't just a good shooter, but Kobe I think really was that guy. And you know, Candy, clean me up on this, but I think I think it was all the clutch shots, all all the times where the game was on the line or. Shaq fouled out or the Lakers were down to like he was he was that he was a fearless shooter. um, So fearless to the point where in his uh, I guess it was his rookie season. He airballed a couple against (laughs) Utah Mm. and uh, Shaq put his arms around him and said, you're going to be all right. And he kept doing that his whole career was taking the tough shot, taking the big shot. And uh, I think that kind of that kind of that energy then led to when people took a shot. It was like, oh, Kobe, you know?
2: Yeah, I think it was – part of it is I think nobody else is really named Kobe. And so Mm -hmm. if you said something like Jordan or, you know, Curry or something like that, just it's like it doesn't really sound that cool. That's So Kobe's kind of a fun name to yell while you're shooting a basket. But also more than that, it's that if Kobe wasn't big, we wouldn't be yelling Kobe. Kobe was our Jordan. Uh, Kobe was somebody who – you know, with that mama mentality, with that, that always keep shooting, no matter if I'm missing or not, you know, he had a reputation as a, as a ball hog for actually a long time, Mm -hmm. but it really wasn't necessarily because he was a ball hog. It was because he would shoot because that was his mentality. Even if he was making mistakes, that wasn't going to mess with his confidence. And so I think people took that as, oh, he's just a, he just shoots all the time, all the time. And so he developed that reputation and us as fans and as kids and, and whatnot, we just saw this guy just takes a bunch of shots. You know, this guy is taking all these crazy fadeaways and um, you know, taking it to the paint and, and dunking on people and whatnot. And so we, you know, as kids shot pieces of trash into the trash can <laughs> doing the same exact yep. thing as him because he was just a special, he was just a special player uh, with a special name and a, you know, special mentality and, and he was like Josh said, he was our Jordan. And it all just kind of came together. I think that that's that's how I think it came together. I don't know if he ever, you know, I don't think anyone else in the NBA yelled Kobe back then, but I think it was just <laughs> how he started doing it. Yeah. I I
1: yeah, like I that's I really wanna like I I wanna spend a little bit of time talking about why he was our Jordan. Um so I I I one I think what's so powerful about figures is when they can turn you from their enemies to uh, their fans. Uh, Jesus did that with Paul in a way that's historic, where Paul was an enemy of Jesus. But because of what he saw that Jesus actually was and what he found out that Jesus was actually here to accomplish, like Paul was like, you know what? I'm a fan and I'm going to go and proselytize um, this guy's uh, kingdom and his name. And I think it's interesting that you started off as like someone who wasn't a Kobe fan and actually had a lot of reason to not like him, the same reasons I had to not like pages Stojakovic or Manu Ginobili, mm. guys that were getting in the way of my man Kobe and Shaq <laughs> getting their rings. Yeah. Uh, but he was so great that it morphed you into a fan. I think that's so powerful. And... I'll speak real quickly on why I think Kobe was the Jordan of our era. I think there's some really iconic things that happened. one coming into the league at 17 years old, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Um, and playing as an 18-year-old and really pushing a lot of the people on the Lakers for their spot. Like um, a lot of the veterans that had been there. And then um being the reason why this why Shaq, this great dominant player, was able to finally I'm going to just say it. A lot of people say, well, Kobe didn't – Kobe couldn't – we had to figure out if Kobe could get rings without Shaq. No, Shaq had been in the league for a hot minute, and it wasn't until he got Kobe that he got the rings.
2: Yeah, okay, that wasn't until he went to the Lakers. He exactly. wasn't doing much with the with the With, with the Orlando,
1: yeah. Um, you know, he had some claims to fame being with Penny and then, of course, beating Jordan in the year that he came back after the baseball thing in the playoffs. But overall, I mean, Shaq was struggling to get it done. And Kobe came in that bad boy and and was a dog and got Shaq three rings. I'm going to just say it. Yep. And uh, that was huge. And then um, the fact that, like, there was even a conversation about, like, which direction do we go after the Pistons um, loss of, like, do we go with Kobe? Do we go with Shaq? I know there was an age difference, but Shaq clearly still had more in the tank because he won a championship with Miami. And the organization said, hey, what we're seeing from Kobe and the greatness that we've seen over the last eight years, we're sticking with him. Um, and uh, then even even uh, so even before we jump to the to the post shaq era, I, I just know that even in those eight years that he was with Shaq, um, we just saw something that was so remarkable in that three Peat and the dominance that he was having, not just with point totals in the regular season but what he was doing in the postseason. Where we were like, man, no, this guy not only plays a lot like Jordan, but is in many ways giving us the same results. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the reason why he was the Jordan of our era was because he was actually like a carbon copy of Jordan himself. Mm-hmm. And you see it just in size and frame. He was six six. He had the same frame as him. They were both athletic. They were both uh, score first shooting guards. They were both you know, very cutthroat teammates. And they both had Phil Jackson even. And mm. and so there were just so many things that were similar. So for me, growing up, always hearing about Jordan, it, it was just natural. Oh, was, you know, with Kobe and his similar style of play is who's better between him and Jordan. There was always that kind of question. And then plus the winning, the winning background when Kobe got five, it was always, oh, is he going to be You know, is he going to be able to get six? He's going to match Jordan. Mm. And, and so just the fact that they were both winning, they were both playing for the same coach and the same triangle offense. And, Mm. you know, they were, they were both honestly just similar players in style, I think was one of the reasons he was the Jordan of our era, but also it it was a weird thing because Jordan didn't have the same publicity. He did like he, he, you know, people gravitate toward him and, and, and ESPN and everything. But you have social media with uh, with Kobe, and you have you know <clears throat> pretty much a larger voice for for athletes because of that. And so it was easier to follow Kobe for I think the masses. Even though Jordan, like I said, I'm not trying to say that you know he wasn't popular. Obviously, he was the one who made basketball popular in the first place. Mm-hmm. But um, just Kobe being able to capture the attention with easier access, I think, made it to where with all those similarities of Jordan. He was able to kind of, kind of have that effect on our generation, mm-hmm. and and kind of make himself the Jordan of our generation. With basically, like, it's kind of weird. They're actually kind of a clone when you watch them, yeah. but also when you listen to them.
1: Yeah. No facts. I, I I'm I'm gonna. It's it's easy for me to. It's 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 now. I'm in a I'm in a very good atmosphere to like, um, um, to just say, hey, well, I think actually Kobe. Um even sounds more sophisticated than Jordan when they st- when they just are on the mic doing interviews It's kind of that atmosphere where kind of anything kobe's gonna be gonna be really well received but um, but I mean it I think Kobe was a brilliant um he was a savant in many ways just a brilliant man and you know what's crazy um when he was in like middle school Joel this is insane mm-hmm. when Kobe was in middle school uh he was like 13, and he was like, okay, I'm really good. A lot of the guys that I'm playing with, he was playing AAU ball, so kind of right. like really elite uh, ball for kids. And he was like, I'm good. All these other guys are good. What's going to be the separation between me and them? So yeah. he he decided that each year he would work on his worst aspects in game. Like mm. if he needed a strong left, he would start working on his left. If he wanted – A really good post game he would start working on that in game in game yeah he would work on his worst aspect so then by the time that they were all 15 16 17 years old he would have a more all around game than any of his contemporaries because he had been putting his worst
0: foot forward and developing it in game this is the mama mentality and this is that's (laughs) showing up early early like you you think my middle schooler is like what middle schooler is that dedicated yes and has and has that kind of
2: like foresight yeah it's uh
1: it's brilliant it's brilliant and one of the things oh sorry no go ahead
2: so, uh, one of the things, so I'm a, I'm a big Tar Heel fan. I want to get that out there. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you know?
1: Dukies uh, all day, LSU and Dukies baby in basketball. Shut well. up, <laughs> shut up. I'm taking
2: your podcast from you. I'm, I am going to take you off of this and it's going to be me and Joel for the rest of the day. <laughs> all right. I, so I'm a big North Carolina fan and, and funny enough, I was going to mention Duke Kobe. They always asked him if you went to college, where would you have gone? And he went back and forth between Duke and North Carolina. He kind of said both of them, but uh, one of the reasons that he said North Carolina was actually because Vince Carter played for UNC Mm. and his mentality was, I want to go to UNC so that I could get that practice against Vince Carter by the time that I'm in the NBA and I'm practicing against the best. It wasn't even, oh, I'm playing in the ACC or, you know, I'm going to be able to win championships. It's I'm practicing against the best players in practice more than I am competing them, you know, competing against them in games. Oh yeah. And so it's just, that was a, a crazy thing to me I'm thinking you go to a school to win you don't but but he's thinking this is a long-term thing I'm here for the process and part of this process is practicing against some of the best players you know Vince Carter one of the best athletes we've ever seen My goodness. so I mean that's just like he's had that mentality since yeah. junior high it didn't stop you know in the college recruiting process and mm-hmm. obviously throughout the pros that was just something that he had he just was always looking to get better against the best.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, best in game dunker we've ever seen. Vince mm-hmm. Carter. Just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's uh and I, I love that that Kobe that that was his mindset of like, um, because I want to continue to evolve my game, um, I literally want to go to this school so that I can play the best athlete. You know, the you know, the post the post shack era was very interesting for me. That was so I'd only had a couple of years with the Lakers by that time as a as a fan. Um, heartbreaking loss, and then Shaq gets a freaking sweet deal because he goes to Miami and gets Dwayne Wade. Um, meanwhile, Kobe, um, Lamar Odom was of course going to become something, but and Karam Butler had always had this like crazy potential. Kind of saw it come forth when he went off to the Wizards, I think um but uh but yeah for the most part we got three scrubs for Shaq um the Lamar Odom became something and Karan Butler became something later but um those years were hard uh because while Kobe was still very much a dog and it was fun to watch and uh in that three years after uh Shaq before we got back to glory uh Kobe did the absolute unthinkable and scored 81 points in a game um the years were hard because like I love Shaq now but when he left Kobe and left Los Angeles I was like nah I was like Kobe you, uh I mean I was like shaq I I I don't I don't want the heat to have success um and so those were hard years but even in the midst of those difficult years watching. There's a couple of moments I'll never forget. So the Phoenix Suns series, unfortunately, we lost it. But in 2006, um, when we went up 3-1 on a really good Phoenix Suns team, um, and then Kobe hit a game winner in the game that put us up 3-1. Hit the game tire that brought in overtime and the game winner. But then when Kobe dropped 81, I think, I think think mm. I think this is kind of one of those moments where it's like beyond just being a sports fan, the fact that a human being in a professional basketball game in this league, where everyone is incredible, I, I, this is a this. Uh, was it was it Wilt Chamberlain that did it, the one hundred. Yeah, mm. um, mm-hmm. it, I, I'm just gonna be honest. It was a, it was at a time, it's a different time. Yeah, yeah. where he just. It, 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 I mean, his teammates were literally feeding him the ball for the one hundred. Right, right, Kobe's trying to bring his team back in a game where the Raptors are act were actually kind of kind of you know dog walking them a little bit earlier in that game, and drops. 80, one, 81. Like, do you do you remember where you were <laughs> in that moment when that happened, Kennedy?
2: No, that was another one where I was pretty little actually. But I remember that the thing that stuck out to me was that I always knew Wilt Chamberlain scored hundred, and I knew how big of a deal that was. But I think the the deal with Kobe was that eighty one points. It, it's like that's more celebrated than the one hundred, right? Because because mm-hmm. we understand that. In the modern day NBA where everyone is relatively athletic and, you know, you have guys who can, who can defend and play, you know, solid defense against Kobe. Jalen Rose, like, you know, people make fun of him because of that, but he wasn't a scrub. He was actually pretty good. Exactly. You know, he was mm-hmm. famous for being part of the the Michigan Fab Five and, you know, had a really solid career in Toronto and, you know, all throughout the NBA. And so you had him and the, it was just, yeah, I don't remember exactly where I was, but I remember all throughout remembering that 81 was like gosh like that was maybe as impressive as the 100 especially given that you know yeah Wilt chamberlain was playing against a lot of i don't want to take away from Will chamberlain obviously because 100 is 100 right. like that's mm-hmm. that's insane mm-hmm. but you know kobe wasn't playing as the as clearly the most talented player on the court he was playing as someone who was one of the most talented guys on the court but was easily the most hardworking. <clears throat> And that was what was insane to me was the 81 was essentially, and it was, it was essentially as good as the 100. And the other crazy thing that stuck out to me was he said, I can never watch this game because I would get mad at myself for the opportunities that I had to get to 100. Wow, <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's incredible. Like even 81 was not enough for Kobe Bryant.
0: That's Eventually, I think
2: he did watch it once his career was winding down, but yeah. he was that much of a competitor that you know nothing was ever good enough. He had to, he had to like strive for perfection.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, it, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I remember literally just being in awe and and honestly thinking to myself, I was like, man, just one piece, one stinking piece, and Kobe's back to glory because uh, those three years were kind of hard, us getting bounced out of the playoffs. Um, by the Phoenix Suns and then one of those years not even going to the playoffs but then you get Pau Powell, Gasol the dynasty kind of gets back on track and uh, and Kobe is able to get two, um to outdo Shaq in this weird beef that they had which I don't even think was a beef I think behind the scenes they're probably still very cordial and friendly and well
0: well, let's talk more about that let's explore mm -hmm. that a little bit so you know there's there's some tension between Kobe and Shaq Mm -hmm. and Shaq was kind of mentoring Kobe kind of at the beginning when he Mm -hmm. started with the Lakers so what what was kind of do you think Shaq saw Kobe's rise as a threat
1: no I I yeah of course candy clean me up on this I I think what it was for Shaq was (laughs) I'm, I'm gonna tell you what I think was at the root of beef and then things just go kind of crazy from there. Yeah. I think what was at the root of the beef was Kobe is a dog. Co and and we want this whole podcast to be about his mama mentality. Kobe had to work 10 times harder than everyone else to be the Jordan of that generation. Mm-hmm. Because he really wasn't stupid athletically gifted. He's not LeBron James. I mean, he's he's a he's a regular height for a two guard in the NBA. He's actually pretty skinny. And so for, and he had to uh, buff up several times in his career. And so for Kobe to be what he became um, w- was very difficult. Meanwhile, Shaq is considered the most dominant big man of all time and, and should Absolutely. be. But Shaq, especially after that first championship, kind of just got happy with the Big Macs and chilling and swimming. and <laughs> and, and you know what I mean? Like Shaq just didn't put in the work. And he knew that Kobe could carry him in the regular season. And uh and Shaq could still put up great numbers and then really dominate in the postseason. And I think Kobe watching Shaq's laziness, wow. I think really triggered everything else that kind of echoed out of that beef. Um, so I think I think Shaq was perfectly fine with Kobe being in the spotlight. I don't think it was a jealousy thing. I just think I think Kobe and Shaq just in the midst of that kind of uh kind of Kobe realizing that Shaq just didn't have that dog in him at times. I think that really pissed him off and then you got two hot-headed big ego guys and then all of a sudden you got fights at practice and and everything else. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it was I mean I I don't really have much to add to that. At, at at the end of the day it was two guys, they were you kind of think opposites might attract, you know, you don't want guys with two similar personalities, but these guys were so different that it was it was like in practice they really didn't have that much in common. They were both talented guys. Kobe, as Josh said, had to really work to be as good as he was. And and he I do want to say he was a a really good athlete. He wasn't, as Josh said, LeBron. He wasn't Giannis. He wasn't, you know, anybody like that. He wasn't even you know, Shaq was somebody who physically was, you know, one of the
1: it's just it's ridiculous <laughs> most amazing
2: physical specimens that we've seen in the nba seven foot one and like 350 pounds and he could he could run the court and had like kind of handles too he, he could actually handle the basketball mm. it was just ridiculous and so you know you have someone like that he honestly i think kobe has said at times like if Shaq had the mentality if he had the the work ethic he could have been the greatest to ever do it mm. you know we could have won you know 10 in a row or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was, that was definitely Kobe's issue with Shaq. Uh, Shaq, I think just didn't necessarily love being called out by Kobe and they kind of had a beef there. And then I also think when Kobe was being accused of uh, rape, I think one of the things I heard was that Kobe was a little frustrated with the fact that he didn't necessarily feel like Shaq was there in his Mm -hmm. lowest moments when he was mm -hmm. accused of these things. And, his reputation was being thrown to the ground and, and Shaq is a friend. I, I wasn't there, so I can't say whether this is true or not, right. but this is something that I heard mm-hmm. uh, from Stephen A. Smith who, you know, Josh, you don't have to like him, but <laughs> they are close. They were friends. They were friends. And so, uh, friends. <laughs> friends, and so mm-hmm. hearing that from him, I'm thinking, okay, that might have also contributed to why they maybe drifted different ways. That makes wow. a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah,
0: that's that's insightful.
1: But I I I I do think it's important uh, for their for their because I, I honestly think that was such a treat that we had as fans to get to see Shaq and Kobe play together for those eight years. I, I compare it to like man, it it would be uh, the equivalent to me uh, if uh, Tupac and Biggie would have collaborated on a lot of different songs. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I just think that they're they were both the the peak of their positions, and uh, and uh, some of the and the two biggest names of their generation, besides maybe Allen Iverson, kind of give him a run for their money because Duncan was great, but Duncan didn't have the name, um, and he was he was kind of boring. I'm not going to exactly. lie. exactly Duncan was kind of like
2: watching uh, paint dry. Um, <laughs> oh, we, we love him, I'm, like I'm basketball right, yeah. fans love watching. him. Oh me, but yeah, basketball yeah. the Big fundamental, yeah, fundamental. That's, yeah, that's really it's all, it's down all down technicals. Me. Me but I, showboding. but I think,
1: yeah, I think like even in the midst of realizing that they had to be, it was such a treat to get to see them. And I love the, I love the fact that really, I think what was, cause look, if you knew some of the stuff behind the scenes of like some of my friendships, you would be like, Oh gosh, are they really friends? It's, it's life. Like, you know, yeah. friendships have these ups and downs, but like, I think at the end of the day, um, really what was at the heart of a lot of it was just, they were just really competitive with each other. Um, I think at the end of the day, like, I think Shaq would have taken a bullet for Kobe at any point in any time in their relationship. But I think Shaq was always, but he was also like, Hey, this is my, this is my organization, you know, or this is, I'm the best player in the league. Like I'm, 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 I'm going to get more rings than you when we split. And like, I, I love that, that really what it came down to was like, it was never, I don't, I don't think there was ever any love lost. I think there was just, I think they were just really competitive, and I think that's such a beautiful part of their story and their uh, legacy um, together. And now, of course, Kobe's legacy posthumous was that that was the competitive nature in him, that he looked at
0: Shaq as like, you're my competition, and I I have to outdo you. So for each of you, Josh and Kennedy, I'd love to know, what's your favorite moment on the court with Kobe? If I go first, I may steal it. But I, it's uh, I
1: the, the most beautiful moment was watching Kobe get the fifth one because I'm a Lakers fan. So I so I was more than just a Kobe fan. I'm a Lakers fan. So right. him getting, him getting that fifth one over the Boston Celtics, which is for you for those of y'all who are listening that don't <laughs> know, that's the biggest one of the biggest robberies in sports. Oh, absolutely. Um, so that was huge. But it's a sixty. It's the 60. When Kobe got 60 at 37, it was 37, right? Was he 37 or 38? He was
2: 37. He was
1: 37. At 37 years old, this man was on a professional basketball court scoring 60 points. And, and it was just, and and knowing that it was his last game and kind of like, I love the reflection that he had on it at the under in, other end of his career where he was like, yeah, this I left everything out there. I, I feel very content with LeBron passing me. I feel very content with what I accomplished because I really did leave everything out there. And we kind of saw it in that 60-point performance. The Utah Jazz definitely were there to play. I mean, they don't have—they didn't have much to play for, but they were definitely there to play. And uh, the Lakers had been down most of that game. And Kobe dropped 60 in his retirement game. I watched Michael's last game. I remember mm. watching his last game. It wasn't 60. Yeah. It wasn't even fun to watch. Kobe's <laughs> Was 60 <laughs> there are wow. players who are great that will never drop
0: 60 in their career kobe did it at 37
1: best moment
0: that's yeah that's who kobe is he pushes to the end he's mm. not he's not gonna let it slide he he didn't he didn't uh give up like no. he, he, he didn't cruise he didn't coast was he incredible. was not the type of person to coast that was all right kennedy what's your favorite moment on the court
2: so mine is actually one, most people don't think about this, but this was, he went 0 for 15 in a game through three quarters and a little context for you. Once again, I didn't have cable. So I, I was selective when I got to watch Kobe and then I'd watch him, you know, uh, I'd probably stream illegally on, on some websites. not going watch some Kobe Bryant, but the times that he was on my TV, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch him. And so Sunday they play on ABC I'm thinking, okay, once I get back from church, I'm turning the TV on. I'm going to watch the pregame. I'm going to watch Kobe dominate. I think they were playing someone really easy. I think, I can't remember who it was. It might have been New Orleans, actually, but he goes 0 for 15 in the first three quarters. And I'm kind of pissed. And they're still in it, though. They're still in it. And in the last quarter, he goes three for six. He hits most of those shots in like the later half, last two minutes. And they win the game because of his clutch shooting. And I thought to myself, that's what makes Kobe as good as he is. Even if he's making mistakes, even if he's you know missed 15 shots in a row throughout the three quarters, he's never going to stop. That's his mentality. Keep getting up. Keep pushing. I'm a shooter. I'm a score. It'll come eventually. And so for me, that was one of the more inspirational moments for me. Really, on the whole, it was not a good game for him. But just that mentality and seeing that come to fruition at the end, seeing him you know, make those clutch shots and do what he did as that was something special to me.
0: So we're going to transition to another segment where I'm going to ask both Josh and Kennedy, some Kobe trivia questions. All right. So we'll see who is the most knowledgeable about Kobe between the two of y'all y'all ready? Let's do it. Yeah. You feel confident?
1: Yep. Uh, Hopefully.
0: All right, so how this will go, I'll basically alternate between the two of y'all. But if one of y'all gets a question wrong, the other person has a chance to steal. Mm. So, um, Kennedy, let's start with you since you're the guest. Some of these will be pretty easy. Some of these will hopefully be pretty obscure. But again, sports fans are kind of crazy. They kind of scare me sometimes. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. All right. uh, let's, let's, Let's do a softball. Kennedy, Kobe was drafted right out of high school in 1996 by what NBA team?
2: The Charlotte Hornets.
0: That is correct. That's the Hornets. That's
2: it. Yep, thirteenth overall.
0: <laughs> Look at you go! <laughs> oh yeah, just go off. Uh, yep. All right. So Josh, Kobe was drafted out of high school. Uh, I'm sorry, Kennedy already answered this question. Uh, this was uh, what college would he have gone to? Would he have gone to? And I think Kennedy asked answered it pretty thoroughly. He was between Duke and UNC. It was between Duke and USC, but I'm I'm going to give you an answer. It was Duke. It was Duke. It That's was correct. Duke. Yeah. He 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 preferred Duke. He did nope. prefer Duke.
2: Yeah, he, he did. He, he had a connection with Coach K on Team USA. And so in retrospect, he thought, oh, I have a preference for Duke. But at the time, if you go back to high school, did he know Coach K? I don't know. Mm, but he, he, he knew who Vince Carter was. So mm. he would have gone to Vince Carter. And he, probably, and he probably
1: knew he wanted to outdo Jordan. But that may have been the best way to do it, go to Duke and
0: stomp Or go, go to North Carolina hands. and break
2: all his records. I mean
0: <laughs> – <laughs> All right, so Josh, here's the real question: Prior to the 81 point game, Ken, uh, Kobe had a his lowest scoring game was against what team? So prior to the 81 point game, against wow. which team did he score the lowest number of points? I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this one to Ken. You're gonna pass this one to Candy.
2: Okay. Yeah, this is hard. Do you know? You just passed the shot. That is not Mamba mentality. That's not
1: Mamba mentality. You know what? I'm I, the, the 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 New Orleans
2: Hornets. <laughs> nope. All right. Kennedy, here's your chance you know, to steal. You might. I, uh, I'm going to guess the Chicago Bulls.
0: Okay, so here we go. Here's why this question is relevant. Prior to the 81-point game, mm. his lowest scoring game was against the Raptors. That's incredible. It's the, it was oh, the Raptors. I should have, I should, that, that makes a lot of oh. sense. I so the 81-point game was vengeance. <laughs> that was his vengeance. Wow. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, all right, so Kennedy, back to you. Kobe set a record by hitting how many three-pointers in one game in
2: 2003? I'm going to go with, gosh, I think I know the number. For this.
1: I'm Let's so go with ready 11. I'm ready to
2: steal. Sorry, what'd you say? I think it was 11.
0: 11. What no, was, it was it, Josh? It was 12. It was maybe. 12. It was 12 oh, yes, let's go. Let's yeah, go. Let's go. Okay, Josh, here's your here's your question. So that 12 12 three pointers, who mm. did he tie that record with?
1: Oh. So Mamba mentality, I can't pass. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say Reggie Miller. Mm. It was Danielle Marshall. Danielle Marshall.
2: Don, you know, I remember Danielle Marshall. I played with him in 2K. I don't remember Daniel Marshall Only cuz of 2K. <laughs> <laughs> I would never have guessed it. danielle has got 12 three-pointers. Three
0: gone. Oh, well, go down. Okay, Kennedy back to you. Shortly after the 1996 draft, Kobe was traded to the Lakers for what player?
2: Oh gosh, what do I Hold on.
0: I'm ready to steal. <laughs>
2: Ready to steal. see? This is why I was worried because you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, you know that's this. Right. I, that's I, right. I'm a baby. Kid, oh gosh! What? Oh man! I'm Such gonna guess. Shot. I think his name was Sam Powell.
0: No sir, that is not it. Josh, who was it? Vladi Dvot. It baby. was Vladdy Dvot. Ended Diva. up ended Sam up Powell on the Kings. You yeah. remember Vladdy, right? Ended up on the Kings. I do remember
2: him. I mm-hmm. I didn't remember the trade. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so, Josh, Kobe Bryant's father, Joe Bryant, played for the 76ers, mm-hmm. the Rockets, and which other See, NBA that's not team? fair.
1: That's not fair because I only know that he played in Philly because Kobe grew up in oh, Philly. Oh, yep, yep. Oh, that's not fair. So, 76ers, Rockets, and who else? That's, yeah. Oh, that, so I'm guessing the who else. Ah. Ooh. Katie, okay, I feel like you would know this. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, I, you know what, I'm a, I'm gonna go Charlotte just because Kobe got drafted
0: there. No, nah. no, nah, it was the Clippers, right. the Clips. Clippers.
2: Oh, I didn't even get a chance.
0: <laughs> oh shoot, but I'm you, so, didn't, sorry, you Kennedy.
2: didn't you didn't know it was the Clippers. Though. Did you know it was Clippers? I did know it was the Clippers. You did? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. It's okay. Well, Kennedy, Kennedy I'll give I'll give you this point. one. Okay. Also, <laughs> Joe Bryant. What was Joe Bryant's nickname?
2: What was his nickname? Yeah. Jelly bean, jelly bean, jelly bean. That's right, that's Joe. Right. Jelly bean, Brian. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, um, so Josh, back to you. Who was known as the Kobe stopper?
1: Oh, uh, Bruce Bowen for the Spurs. Mm.
0: I've got Reuben Patterson
1: here. They said Reuben Patterson. They lied. Ooh. All right, you want Y'all can that. debate that. Y'all can debate that. I thought it was because because well because the Lakers uh, Spurs rivalry was so big and Bruce was the. Bruce was at least the one that every that everyone that the Spurs were hoping could stop him, and I remember him being called the Kobe stopper. You remember that?
2: You know, I don't. I I would have guessed probably Bruce Bowen. Um, I'm looking it up though. And yeah, let's, let's do a fact check. Ruben Patterson is the that's he's crazy. the yeah, one. That's the first one that comes Kobe up. Ruben Patterson. But I would have definitely guessed Bruce Bowen though, because he was the one who he was kind of the Deion Sanders to the Jerry Rice. Right. They had back and forth battles, and so I that, I mean. Dang. You're wrong, but you know I'm, I <laughs> <guess>. <laughs> I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong, but it was hopefully a good guess. <laughs> yeah, it was a good guess. I respect you.
0: All right, Kennedy. When did Kobe change his jersey number? Which season oh. did he change the jersey number to 24? Boy, you better shoot this shot because I got it.
2: You got it? Yeah. Oh man. Gosh, I, I want to say it was uh so he, he was drafted in '96. So let's go. Two thousand six. No, 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 no. no. Two thousand five. Um,
0: 07 baby it Dang was the 06 07 season ah so 2006 would have been the answer <laughs> it was sorry Kenny. i think it was the, so
1: close it was the third year after shack i think it, he had two years two more years of being eight and then it was the third year after shack he went with two four yeah yeah
0: mm. okay josh which high school did kobe bryant play for oh money lower marion lower marion that's mm-hmm. correct money You got lucky, Josh. Yeah, I know. Sometimes (laughs) you get that
1: softball. Hey, these are (laughs) in a random order. Random order. They're not tailored.
0: They're not tailored to your specialties. It's just totally random. Sometimes you get
2: that softball.
0: All right, Kennedy. Here's another. Hopefully, softball. Where was Kobe Bryant born?
2: He was born in Philadelphia. Absolutely. Mm. Yep.
0: Okay, so Josh, what year did Kobe win an MVP All-Star trophy? Um. Oh nine. Kennedy, you want to steal this one? All,
2: you said an all star
0: MVP all star trophy.
2: Trophy. Okay. That was, uh, he wanted, I know he got a co MVP with Shaq. It in, was... That's crazy it that, was... that wasn't 09. Oh, I think it was 2011.
0: So yeah. the answer I've got here is 2002.
2: Oh, so well, let's... he had,
1: well, he must have had multiple years because he had that one that he got with Shaq.
2: The year yeah. I guess he doesn't count as MVP. But. That's fair. That's fair. That's so fair.
0: the one with Shaq, that was 11 or not? Oh, nine. that was uh, that was oh nine. nine. That it was 09. before nine so before. Okay. And then, mm-hmm. but he got, he got the MVP in 2002. That's Yo, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah.
2: I mean, that makes, sense.
1: I mean, he was a dog, you know, too. So I i am sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's um. now that was your question, Josh. So back to Kennedy, what number did Kobe Bryant wear during his high school
2: career? Oh, that's easy. Yeah, Josh is 33. <laughs> 33. I was, I was
1: foaming
0: at the Josh. mouth. <laughs> he was Jesus in high school, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 33. All right, Josh. 2009, Kobe was given the nickname Black Mamba by whom? Oh, see, I never knew by
1: who. I thought it was just kind of colloquial, kind of built over time. Was It It was a player?
0: It was in 2009 a player. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Kennedy, you got this? Kennedy, you got it?
2: Um, you know, my guess actually is Kobe Bryant. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Dang, let's go, Kennedy. I'm, when you say by who, I'm like, oh, it must have become externally.
0: That was a really good. That was <laughs> good. Oh man, that's the that's the mom before you named himself. He named himself. <laughs> that's Kobe. <laughs> let's go. Okay, so Kennedy, on December 20, 2005, Kobe managed to outscore the entire opposing team through the first three quarters. Oh, he knows who this is. He knows what team were the Lakers playing. He knows who this is Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks,
2: sorry. It hurt, but I love
1: that you got that question.
0: I
2: love <laughs> that he gave you I was kind of, when I put this list <laughs> together, I was like, man, I hope was, Kennedy uh, all gets this his one. life posted that a few weeks ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. It hurt. It hurt. <laughs> All right. Um, Josh Kobe won his first MVP award in 07-08 season, and the Lakers finished first in the Western Conference with 57 wins. He did this while suffering a severe injury to what body part halfway through the season? His finger. His finger. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Still, still
1: still was a dog in that Celtics series. Oh, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Kennedy, which year. Did Kobe Bryant make his first all-star game appearance?
2: 2002.
0: It was, oh, I'm sorry. Josh, your chance to steal. Okay, so his first all-star? First all-star game appearance. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 99. So close. It was
2: 98.
0: Ooh. 98.
2: <sighs> Two really stupid. I apologize. That was really stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he won a dunk contest in like 97. Yeah. 98, yeah. But yeah, 98, I guess would be, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. All right, last question. This is for you, Josh.
0: What dub. are Kobe's daughters' names? See, all that's not four. fair.
1: See that? Oh, that's all four. I, I can do two. I can do two. I can, can do. do um, God, God rest her soul. Um, Gigi, um, uh, Gianna is her mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. And then I could do the one that was just born six about six months ago. Uh, uh Caprice uh, Kobe Bryant. Or right. Cap- yeah. I, I
0: can't do the other two, All right, Kennedy, you got the other two? That's correct, Gianna and Capri. Yeah.
2: Um, I believe one of them was Bianca, and one of them was Natalia.
0: Kennedy for <laughs> the win! That's incredible! Incredible. Well, you're
1: such a big NBA fan that you beat a Lakers fan. That's impressive, bro. All right, final
0: score, Kenny with seven and Josh with four. Man. Ooh. Smoked him. It
2: hurts. Hurt. I'm
1: sorry, it hurt. Josh. But, my, but the mama mentality lives on through me. I'm, I'm purple and gold, baby. I'll be a fan even after all of this.
2: I'm sorry. Does Kobe have his name on your body? I don't
0: think so. <laughs> oh. Oh.
1: Oh, get him. He got me. He got me. Man. All right. Well, I think it's uh, –
0: well we let's transition to, yeah you know we, we've talked a lot about Kobe on the court we've we've got um a lot of his stats out there but let's talk about the man off the court Yo, Let's talk about the come legacy on, come, come on, on. yeah I'm just I, I, to
1: this part. see my 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 thing and I I think this is uh I think it's I've, I've even heard media do it now uh in the last week and I don't think it's fair I hear a lot of people talk about the man that Kobe was becoming and I'm like whoa 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 slow down the man that kobe always was that you just didn't pay attention to because you were only watching the stats. Mm-hmm. kobe got married young unlike all of his contemporaries that he was playing with to vanessa and that's such a beautiful relationship and my heart just continues to break for her. absolutely. um kobe um like i said like at 13 is having humility and foresight to say let me look bad in games for 3 years so that I can be better than you in two thousand in when I'm seventeen. When it matters, exactly. When you
0: get when you get drafted. Um, I think
1: uh, I, I think it's important that we speak on the rape allegation, and I think say a couple of things. One, we always have to know that it might have happened, that the woman might have been telling the absolute truth, and we need to believe women. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, that it is true that Kobe did say that it was consensual, and that the charges were dropped, and that is significant but also the the brokenness that Kobe had for the relationship that he soured with his wife mm. which was so beautiful to watch um i mean i i didn't really feel the moment because Kobe actually came from a from one of his trials and hit a game winner against the nuggets cuz he's a dog came <laughs> late to the game mm. hit a game winner against the nuggets um but uh But, uh, not look, look, having looking back over the years, not just after he passed, but over, over the last several years, looking back at the broken man that he was when that situation happened, tells you a lot about how he cared about his marriage and how he cared about his family, even before all of that, um, and, uh, and 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 uh, the things that were said and the things that he did because of that situation, uh, he said, um, I need God to bear this cross for me because I can't bear it by myself during that moment. Um, he also, um, God gave him four beautiful daughters and he was about to turn, uh, he was about to groom all of them into champions in whatever mm-hmm. they chose to do in life. Mm-hmm. And when he saw that his daughter Gigi had a tremendous amount of talent, um, he was going to, uh, fight to, he fought for higher, uh, uh, salaries in the WNBA right. and was going to continue to fight for, um, their, their, uh, their, them being more, um, fruitful in their enterprise and in their, and in their careers, um, uh, financially. And so I, you know, I think Kobe was always brilliant. I think he was always a safan. I think he was always incredibly mature. I think Candy nailed it earlier when he said people called him arrogant, but then they realized
0: no, he was just a mamba. Do you think that Kobe ever <clears throat> Kobe had four daughters? Mm-hmm. Do you think he was ever like, Man, I wish I had a son? Or or do you think that he's like, No, I'm gonna invest in the no matter what? He's actually he actually got that question by yeah.
1: by fans. Yeah. We've seen that we've seen it come out course posthumous but it but you know we all knew about it even before like he he got that question that um someone said hey do you want um a son so you can continue the legacy and he said uh that his daughter popped up and said no no no, i got it i, yep. can, I can continue the legacy mm-hmm. and uh yeah just one more thing briefly so candy can jump in but i think the oscar is so powerful one because it's a freaking oscar it took uh it took it took Leonardo DiCaprio all of his career to get it. <laughs> yeah. Kobe retires for two years and already has one. Uh, but I think it's powerful because he wrote it about his love for basketball and yeah. it was so powerful that it won an Oscar. This guy was always a safant, he was always incredible. Um, he had one huge blunder um of adultery is what I'm gonna call it, because the charges were dropped of adultery. And uh and um and then even like i said the competitiveness with Shaq was just that competitive i mean look at the way Shaq is talking <clears throat> about him now posthumous and so i think he was i think his i think he was always an incredible man off the court and i think that's why he was so beloved
2: yeah i mean I, I when i think about kobe and his legacy i think one of the things that i've been really pleased about in seeing the whole public reaction is that yes people are reminiscing on his basketball days but so many people are acknowledging that he was he was fighting for the WNBA. He was a great father and he was working on his marriage. And that was why, you know, they, you know, after the adultery, um, you know, way back and, and I don't remember what year that was, it was 03. but yeah, back in 03, 03, 03 you know, after that, and, and they started to work on their marriage, Kobe was quoted as saying, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he was saying, I would be a fool. If I worked this hard on the court but wasn't just as hard working in my marriage. Come on. Mm. And, you know, I thought that, that was really powerful because, you know, sometimes when these guys, you know, they're traveling all over the place and, you know, the work that they have to put into being as incredible of athletes as they are, it is, I mean, it's, it is, that it's incredible that the amount of work that they have to put in uh, sometimes it's easy to be able to put your family behind that. And Kobe was, you know, I mean, the freaking reason that he got the the helicopter was because he was missing a lot of his daughter's events. He he said that he showed up to his daughter's dance recital, I think, halfway through because he was sitting in traffic. And so he decided to look at helicopter prices and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what might have been looked at as, oh, you know, he's a, you know, high end star celebrity and he just gets to use helicopters is actually something that he did for family purposes. Wow. And so. When I think about Kobe, I think about him as a father. I think about him as a, you know, WNBA, um, you know, encourager, and a a pusher for that. And, uh, you know, I think about him as a hard worker in his, his relationship. And I also just think about him, even with his relationship with fans. I think one of the things is that he was absolutely a great basketball player. But one of the things that I think made him so special was because he wasn't just influential in how people played basketball he didn't just change the game he changed the way people think Mm -hmm. the whole mamba mentality is is absolutely like that's a coined term Mm -hmm. on how people compete not just in basketball but in all sports and then generally just in life and Mm -hmm. and achieving greatness and so uh, that's just something that like i was driving to a mavs game yesterday I saw a billboard for Kobe Bryant, you know, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, you know, cities all over the world are lighting up their Mm -hmm. skylines, purple and gold. And it's, it's not just because he's good at basketball. We've had a lot of really good basketball players pass away. It was in part because he was so, you know, involved in his daughter and trying to build her legacy, but also because of how influential as a thinker and as a, as Josh said, as Stefan to the rest of the world and to his fans and, Mm -hmm. and it was just everything. Kobe was, was not a perfect man, but he was someone who acknowledged when he was wrong and he worked on it and he became smarter and better from it.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I'll add one more piece that, you know, what, what was crazy as I was sitting in my, you know, room crying and uh, reminiscing on, on Kobe, I just, you know, just watching so many videos and so many players talking about so many current players, so emotional. And I was like, man, he must have had such an impact as a player on them, mm-hmm. but then when you find out that actually the reason that they were all so emotional is because he was mentoring all of them, like all of them were like, Oh, we had just got done texting, we were gonna hang out soon he was he told me i was he told me I was an all star even when I didn't make the all star team wow. and that meant the world to me and men just breaking down and I'm just like this man found time in the midst of being a celebrity, being close friends with celebrities, being a fam- having a family of a wife and four kids, be uh being an uh, being entrepreneurial, um getting involved in film, all these different things he was doing, and still found time to mentor players. Come on, bro. That 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 that, that just that tells you that, that that that's the type of man that he was.
0: And so many of them, not just not just like a the few, one right. or two guys who are at the mm-hmm. top, but right. A lot. Players I don't even know the
2: names of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's you know, the the crazy thing is I didn't we didn't even know that when he was alive. He wasn't asking for that attention. He wasn't asking to like one of the things that people I think thought about Kobe, and I was one of them at least for a while, was that he didn't really have many friends in the NBA. And so when you when you think about that and 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 then the fact that he's mentoring these guys, you would think, Oh, you know, maybe he'd want to shed that reputation by, you know, leaking out that he's mentoring such and such and all these other other players. And Kobe really didn't care. He, you know, it wasn't that he wanted all the attention. It was just, he wanted to do it.
1: And I have a, I have a couple of thoughts and then whatever questions you have left, Joel, and whatever comments you have left and we'll, and we'll kind of tail out. But I have two thoughts, Um, a declaration that I think is important to make. And before that, an observation that I think is important for all these, all for, because our, our culture is so sports crazed that I think sometimes we forget, and it takes moments like this to remind us. Right. Um, Jason Whitlock has spent his entire career absolutely destroying Kobe Bryant. Spent his entire, and I don't mean just destroying Kobe Bryant as what type of player he was, but destroying his character. And I think it's moments like this that remind us, don't, don't do that. Because I think we, we get into such a barbershop mentality when we talk about sports hmm. that we, you know we just love that he didn't have any heart. He didn't play hard. He's weak. He's soft. He's selfish. He's prideful. He's tanking that organization. All these different things that we love to say. And we forget that these are human beings. Absolutely. These are human beings with character. These are human beings with stories. These are human beings that you're you're you know, you're misrepresenting on purpose for clicks and for views on your show. And. I I think a man like that doesn't need to just come out and say positive things about Kobe, but I think him amongst many other analysts, Skip Bayless included, need to come out and apologize to the family, to the estate, um, to all the people that that have that they've fed, you know, the the negative Kobe press towards. Um, I think men like that need to come out and be in repentance mm. um, because um, and, and learn. That like, hey, like, let's watch the way we talk about LeBron, because who knows? Oh, yeah. Let's watch the way we talk about Drew Brees, because who knows? Let's watch the way we talk about these athletes, because we don't know that what we're doing for clicks and for fun and for hot takes on debate shows, we're actually like, we're actually being very detrimental to people and to their legacy. And then one more piece that I think just needs to be a declaration in the midst of all of this you know, LeBron James is the most efficient player I've ever watched play basketball. And 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 he'll go down as the all-time leading scorer. And he'll go down as, um, I think, probably top 10 or top 5 in assists, something crazy like that. He won't restock then those guys because their numbers are crazy. But um, LeBron will probably go down with about four or five rings. And LeBron will probably, um, in light of all of this, go down as one of the great Lakers because he carried on Kobe's legacy mm-hmm. and probably got a couple championships. But at the end of the day, Kobe's the greatest Laker that's ever played. He joined the league at 17 years old. He scored 81 points in a game. He scored 60 in his last game. He got five championships. He was a part of the greatest duo of all time. And I'm not saying this just because he passed away. I would have said this probably in about another 10 to 15 years as we watched the second act of his life be just as powerful as the first. Kobe's the greatest person to ever touch a basketball. He's the greatest player Mm -hmm. of all time. If we, when we call when we call guys like Muhammad Ali the greatest boxer of all time, we know Floyd Mayweather probably pound for pound is better. Yep, we know that there are boxers that are better. We know there are rappers that are better than Tupac. When we say that he's the greatest rapper of all time, Kobe's the greatest basketball player of all time because he's the greatest player of the greatest organization in basketball history. And he had that loyalty. Yeah, that loyalty was there the for was there for twenty years. And because no one will ever pick up a bat, they wouldn't have done it. Even if he wouldn't have passed a week ago and would have had this second great career that he was about to have and really cemented his greatness and his impact on basketball, but now especially posthumous, I think it's just time for us to recognize that Kobe is going to go down as a as the goat in its own way, not by all the statistics, not by all the hoopla, but not that his statistics are anything to smile at or to to frown at, but uh, but because of the now impact that he will have had on the
0: game, not only in his career, but now what he stands for hes the GOAT. Yeah. I've got one final question and then we can wrap up. Um, I've been reading a little bit about Kobe's faith. He was a practicing Catholic. Mm-hmm. What, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Like how, how much did his faith impact his life? Um, and to <clears throat> what degree? You go first, Ian.
2: So what I've read is that, once again a lot of change in his life happened when he was accused of rape and when he committed adultery in you said 2003 mm-hmm. and one of the things that he's said multiple times publicly is that what got him out of that that dark place in his life was going to a priest and hearing about God and i uh, you know i i think that's really powerful in my opinion because i i don't know that i that's something that you kind of I, I at least wonder that sometimes about athletes is like, oh, I love this guy so much, but like I don't know what their faith is like. And you know, Kobe actually has talked about his faith. I don't know that we've listened as much about it, but he has at least talked about it a few times. And to me, it's been it's been very powerful to listen to. And I think one of the things that I actually even was reading a little bit, I think the day of his death a week ago, he went to church that morning, took communion. Uh, someone posted about how he, you know, was he went to their church and and you know <laughs> had been going and you know talked about how he shared more about how it, how his faith drives him um, and then all, you know also you have that that quote uh, Josh shared where he was saying that until you can pick up or until you uh, what was it Josh uh,
1: that uh, that you 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 don't know how heavy your cross is you know, you can't carry
2: it, but God can come down and carry it for you. Yeah. for He can carry you and the cross. And so, right. you know, just things like that honestly gave me a little bit more reassurance of, okay, you know what, Kobe was a believer and say what you want about the Catholic church. But, you know, Kobe, that was something that was it remained consistent for him. It was that he was a believer and that his faith remained. And, you know, I I can't speak for his faith. I can't speak for his salvation. I can't speak for, you know, really a lot of things that go on his mind, but I can speak from what I've heard and from what I've heard, it seems as though, you know, it seems as though his faith is strong. And I, I just have to believe that I, I I have to believe that that was a huge influence in his life. Absolutely. So that's really all I've got to say about that.
1: And I, and I've got an interesting take on what a lot of people have said. Like I, you know, in one sense, I, I, I do feel robbed of the second act of Kobe in one sense, because man, I was so enjoying his interviews and just, you know, big beard Kobe and just the <laughs> wise sage that he was becoming. But the truth is, I, I 100% agree with Kennedy that um, Kobe was a believer. And I'm going to say this, and I don't think this has been said yet. The second act of Kobe is still to come hmm. because God is coming to resurrect all of his saints from the dead and to bring a kingdom here on earth, a physical kingdom And I thoroughly believe that Kobe will still make movies about basketball that are powerful and inspirational. Mm. I thoroughly believe that we're still going to see him have incredible relationships with his four children and his wife in a different way than we would have seen it on this side, but in a in a in a more beautiful way than we could have ever imagined. Um, Kobe is still going to inspire us with poetry and hard work and his wisdom um, is just going to be in a world where we can't even imagine right now, but on this earth, when Jesus returns and he's resurrected from the dead, and I'm thoroughly excited to get to see the second act in the most perfect and pure form than we would have ever gotten to see it on this side.
0: Thanks, Josh. That is a beautiful picture. And that's, that's a perfect way to close out. Kennedy, um, where can we find you? Where can the fans find you? I know you've got your own podcast going. You want to flex that a little bit?
2: Yeah, uh, well, first I I do. If you want to follow, I think a lot of my content actually comes on Twitter. You can follow me at Kennedy forty four C U R L E Y. If you're a big sports fan, you can do that. If you also want to listen to some podcasts about sports, me and a friend do one. It's called C Lunch Sports. Uh, We're from high school, so the kind of the name, you know, goes back to uh, to high school and and kind of it was just lunch conversations and things like that. Um, And so we'll talk a little bit about. You know, basketball, football, really whatever's going on. So you can find us there. But definitely follow me on Twitter, though, if you love getting into you know any sort of conversation about basketball, or whatever, football, anything. I I've, I've been pretty active on there. I love to talk about sports, and so you, you want to politics this, a little bit too. I feel like <laughs> doesn't
1: doesn't everyone dabble in politics? Yeah, you dabble in politics and social issues just a little bit too. A, a little bit, a yeah, little bit, mm. not
2: as much as I used to, but I definitely have found myself uh, <laughs> here more recently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah all right well thanks kennedy thanks for being on the podcast with us appreciate yeah, you. your insight yeah. yeah thanks so much brother
2: i think thank you thank you for having me on all
0: right y'all have been listening to the moral minority with joel sam and josh luckett thanks for listening If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, hear what you think, get some feedback, and it really helps us grow our audience. Thanks.